This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. The podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. All right, everybody, so welcome back to episode 45 of the Team Stripes podcast. We have a a pretty cool guest this week who you might know the brand, but you might not know the man behind the brand. So I'm sure everybody out there has heard of Scouting the Refs. So we actually brought on the director of Scouting the Refs. His name is Josh Smith. So Josh, uh, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Appreciate it. So Josh, I mean... Everybody out there knows scouting the refs, but they might not know the man who who built that up into what it is today. Can you talk about just how it got started for you? Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, it was it was pretty interesting. Um, you know, always been a huge hockey fan. Uh, always been a fan of the rules and officiating. And um, yeah, I was doing some writing and looking at like playoff previews and things like that for an independent hockey site. And, uh, you know, I was trying to find a new angle to take, right? Because with the playoffs, everybody's got everything covered with matchups and, you know, goaltenders versus goaltenders and who's got the better defense. And um, I felt like everything was already being written. And I was trying to look at what else factored in. And, you know, you got the players, you got the coaches. So is there something I can do with the coaches? And it seemed pretty, seems obvious now at the time, it was like, what about the refs? You know, what are these guys doing? Because for playoff series, you get, ref pairings and they rotate around between series, but you're, you're looking at two guys that are paired up together for the round. And you know, how, how are they calling games? You know, these guys call a tight game. These guys call a loose game. Uh, so it, it seemed pretty intriguing. And, uh, you know, I started looking at the officials and what their tendencies were in the playoffs and how they called games and how that affected, you know, a, a team that's a little edgier versus a, a team that's, uh, doesn't take a lot of penalties and how those factored in. So, that's what got things rolling was really playoff previews and, and looking at how the series would break down and just kind of went from there, um, from those pairings to tracking it through the cup final to then, well, let's do this during the regular season and see how these guys call things and you know, who's got a quicker whistle, who calls more penalties. And um, it, it, Like I said, that, that was the start and it, it just kept going from there. And uh, I, I got some, some pretty good feedback from the officiating community on, on, you know, opening the door or putting some news out there and started highlighting officials or putting things out to either explain a ruling, explain a call, give a little more as well, highlight the efforts of NHL officials and minor league or amateur guys and what they're doing. Um, you know, it's a chance to be recognized or chance to promote who's getting selected for tournaments or, or which guys have hit milestones and just to be a, a reference and a resource for officials as well as, uh, you know, some, some good news are to highlight all the work uh, that everybody out there is doing. So, um, yeah, it started as a playoff preview and worked its way into uh, uh, something that I'm pretty proud of. And so how quickly did you sort of see the traction happening? I mean, when you first launched this concept, I mean, what was like the initial reaction with, with your hockey friends? It was, or was it, was it something entertaining to them? Like, what was their thoughts? And how, did, how quickly did people pick up on it as you, as you got going? Well, I think the, the first thing was, hey, this is ammunition for us to throw guys under the bus. Um, it was, let me go on your site, figure out which guy worked that game, and all right, we're going to blame the refs. So, you know, we, we went 
from a league where guys lost the names on the backs of their sweaters to just numbers. And now all of a sudden I'm trying to put it back out there that these are the guys, these are their names. And, uh, you know, let's, I don't want to say put a spotlight on them, but draw a little more attention to them. So I think initially it was, uh, it was kind of mixed as far as uh, the response I got and how that information was being used. But I think over time people realize that, you know, there's a lot of value in it and there's a lot to be understood. And um, for a lot of casual fans or, or people that came on or landed on my site because they were furious about a call and they come on to find out who's working the game. And instead of, you know, just getting the ref's name, they're getting an explanation on, hey, this is why the call went this way. You know, the, the NHL officials can't comment publicly on why they made this decision, but here's what the rule book says. Here's the replay. Let's break it down and show you why this call was made. And, uh, you know, I think it, it started to become more of an informational thing. But, yeah, initially it was like, uh, who works that game? That was a bad call. And uh, over time I think it's it's definitely turned the corner to be positive. But uh, it definitely started as a – a very niche thing with uh, people asking, well, who wants to read about the officials anyway? And you, you mentioned that you've sort of built up these relationships with, with officials across you know, the, the various leagues, but like, how did you first build some of these relationships? It, was it guys that were reaching out to you that maybe want to, 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 to offer some, some insight into calls or maybe to, to, to offer something that's you know, maybe counter, counter to what maybe the media was saying? I mean... How did you really build up some of these initial relationships with, with some of the officials? Well, it was uh, definitely a mix. Um, you know, there was, there was certainly a portion of that, of, uh, of guys who said, hey, you know, I can offer a little information or here's a little background on that call. Um, me reaching out to the NHL Officials Association just to, to see what they could share, what kind of clarification they could offer with certain things. And obviously with, with league guidelines, there's, they're very limited in what they can say. Um, but, you know, the, from from hearing from guys that reached out that could give some feedback or uh, you know, starting to do some of the, the PR work or the, the reaching out for positive things. You know, I started uh, contacting some of the hockey organizations. USA Hockey has been great. Um, I, I was able to cover the, uh, the Frozen Four and get some interviews with the officials for that. So that kind of kicked things off with a nice face-to-face interview and uh, a good partnership with USA Hockey there. So it's just, uh, it's been a mix. But, you know, as I've reached out to leagues for clarification, um, you know, we've got a roster on the website. We've got the lineups for who the officials are for, you know, the NHL, AHL, ECHL. We try to get as many minor leagues as we can in there. But, you know, working with them to say, hey, do you guys have a new rule book this year? Do you guys have any big changes? Who are your new officials? Is there anything you want to highlight? And, and uh, you know, just building that year over year, getting to know the guys who are uh, in charge of officiating for each of those and putting people, putting me in contact with their guys and, and vice versa so that we can kind of uh, – you know, just develop a relationship and, and have that open door where if something comes up with their league, I know who to go to, or if there's something going on with one of their guys, you know, they can reach out to me and we can help make sure people are aware of uh, you know, something cool or honoring somebody who's retiring or even just explaining a, a potentially controversial situation. And have you found that, you know, between the time that you first started out to today, that leagues are generally more receptive to, to really sharing that information about the officials to really giving their perspective on issues? Do you find that, that information is becoming a little more open than it used to be? I think some there are definitely some that, that are open and that, that see the value in it. Uh, there are a couple that are still a little more buttoned up and you know kind of keep the officiating stuff close to the vest and, and don't want to put more out there than they need to. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I think they're, like I mentioned with the names on the backs of the sweaters, you, you see leagues where the officials are they're in the background, 
they're, they come in, they do their job. They don't want to push who is working. They don't want to draw any more attention to them than they need to. Um, but anymore with the information that's out there, you know, I think, I think they need to acknowledge that officials are part of the game. Their decisions are, or non-decisions, you know, non-calls affect games just as much as calls do. Um, they do affect things and better to address it and, and explain it and provide some transparency than to just, you know, brush it under the rug and, and move along. I think one example, and they're great, and I've, I've actually talked to them as well, is what the NBA does. Uh, so the NBA officials have a, a dedicated Twitter account, and they'll they'll share their refs that are working. They'll provide rule explanations, and they'll they'll they had a one of the broadcasters call out the officials for making a bad call, and you know they're tweeting like an hour later. Here's why it was the right call. They've got video clips in there. So I think they're an example of a league who's really embrace it i know it's it's not hockey but from just an officiating standpoint uh what the nba officials are doing with their twitter account is uh it's phenomenal you know they're really taking ownership of it and instead of putting one guy out there for a public comment or having him address a, a call to a reporter they're doing it from social media standpoint but they're still out there and trying to explain the rules and i think it gives fans a better understanding i think it gives even the other players coaches teams and especially the media a better understanding and you know, that's that's something I'm trying to do for the NHL, uh, but uh, it's a it's definitely a gap there where I think there's an opportunity uh, to really, you know, embrace the officiating perspective and and just try to bring a little more information. It's not this black box of understanding or the wheel of justice that player safety is spinning. It's uh, mm. it's it's something that we can probably provide a little more clarity on, and uh, you know, hopefully, I can do that. And you mentioned that great example of sort of the NBA model of getting that information out there and in responding to whether it's complaints or concerns or any really issues that are raised to calls or non-calls, as you mentioned. Can you see, and you mentioned that you're working with, you know, folks to really get this on the hockey side, but can you see the NHL adopting that type of model? I think it'd be great if they if they would. I, I don't feel like right now um, they have the, the appetite to do that. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely value in doing that. Uh, I, I've talked with a few folks in the media about even having a, uh, a pool reporter with one of the officiating supervisors after the game when, when they've got a call to say, maybe we can get the officiating manager to advise, Hey, here's why this call was made. This is the reason for it. A little explanation. And, and then they've got a quote or they've got some background, um, to just try to open that door a little bit and get some more information out there. I think it'd be, uh, it'd be a great move for the league. Um, you know, hopefully it's something where they can loosen the reins a little bit and, and let their officials speak or, uh, or have their officiating managers speak on the officials behalf just to, uh, you know, just to, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit on the mystery of, uh, of how some of these decisions are reached. And I, I think that would help when, uh, when I hear from fans who are frustrated with officiating or frustrated with the rules and, you know, the officials are against my team or this is a bad call or they're out to get me. A lot of that's often just a lack of understanding or not awareness of, of the rules or the situation or how it applies to that case. So, you know, I, I think it'd be great if they would. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that over time we start to see that uh, come through, but uh, hopefully if, if they're not, um, you know, we can help drag them there and, uh, and get them to a spot where they want to do it or, or they can give a little more, freedom to their officials so that uh, I can get the comments and, and have them provide a little more explanation on my end. But uh, I think it's a, it's a necessary gap and one way or another, we'll, we'll try to fill that. 
And I think you, you've, uh, anybody in the hockey officiating world were attest that you've done a great job of getting that information out there. And as you mentioned, it would be nice to see that progression, to see the league open up and, and be able to give you more of those resources and more of that information to get out there into the, to the hockey world. And I want to shift a little bit because, and we've talked about this off the air previously, it's, it's always pretty funny now that I think people probably work scouting the refs into their daily routine, you know. Somebody wakes up for breakfast, they, they go to work, and before you know it, they're checking, scouting the refs to see who's on the games tonight, who's working the NHL, who's working the American League. For, for you, I mean, how, what's your take on sort of people working that into your routine? Does that add some more pressure to you to deliver consistently? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, it's, it's great to be a part of that and, and, you know, provide a little more color, a little more detail uh, to, to the game or, or the pregame scouting information for fans out there. Um, if any pressure, it, it's tough when it's a, you know, it's a tight shop. It's not like I have a team here and we get a, a controversial call or something that comes up late at night and uh, you know somebody's going to be looking for that in the morning and we try to turn it around as quickly as possible. But uh, there's there's definitely more demand for, for quicker turnaround and I, I see all the uh, you know the other news sites out there with, with teams run until late at night and sometimes I have to look at it and go, well, we got a pretty small crew here. Um, so soon as i get back home we'll we'll get a post up and talk about what happened uh in last night's games um so yeah it's, it's great to be a part of it it's it's tough you know there's we've had days when there's crazy you know three coaches challenges in uh in a game or overturned calls and uh two player safety incidents and another elbowing call all on the same night and uh, just trying to keep up with uh with those nights can be tricky uh but it's uh you know it's cool to cover what we can and bring a perspective that's a little bit different uh, a little more structured in, in where the rules are and, and why decisions were made rather than just blowing up with, with what happened and you know trying to pick it apart. So sometimes we might not be the first one to report it, but hopefully we're, we're bringing the, the officiating perspective in. So how does, this, how does that work? So, I mean, I'm assuming you probably don't have 10 different you know, TVs playing at a time in your house when you're monitoring these situations. How do you get, get kind of attuned to maybe a potential coach's challenge or, or, or an issue in a game like how does that come across your desk? Well, there's uh, it, it's as many ways as possible. Um, so between the, the NHL package with, uh, you know, four ups to watch four games at a time on uh, on the laptop there and then social media and keeping tabs on, you know, what's what's out there on Twitter, what's coming up on Reddit, uh, you know, who's who's got something that uh, that I'm getting flagged on as well as, uh, you know, some folks that reach out to me that will let me know, hey, here we had a situation in this game. Um, so, you know, so we've got a, some, some contacts there that'll give a heads up on something that's worth, uh, reviewing or reporting on, but between social media and, uh, and, you know, four games at a time on NHL is about as much as I can handle live, which it, it's usually most of the action. Obviously those, uh, those 13 game nights can be a little trickier, uh, but with all those resources, it's just pulling and figuring out, you know, what's, what's the most critical, you know, is, uh, is a potential suspension that saw a guy get kicked out of the game or an abusive officials call. Those will go to the top of the pile where, uh, you know, as a kicked in goal might fall a little further down. So we try to prioritize based on what's either the, the biggest from an officiating standpoint or what has the, the greatest potential for a uh, rule explanation, you know, something you don't see all the time. Uh, KHL is the, the quick story yesterday on a guy throwing a stick on an empty net breakaway that was an awarded goal. Well, that's always a, a good one to put in there because maybe somebody doesn't know the rule or it's a unique situation that you don't see every day. And any chance to highlight something that somebody's never seen before 
uh, is always a good one. You know, it's an educational opportunity to say, Did you know, this rule existed and this is how it played out. Um, you know, nothing beats explaining a rule with a, a real world example like that. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to ask, I think you, you'd have a very unique perspective on is, you know, we, we see all the time that data is now becoming a big thing, whether it's for players and coaches and really, you know, <laughs> de- developing what have you to improve their games or their outcomes. I mean, for you, it's really interesting you start to maybe incorporate a little bit of data in, you know, reporting the officials and, you know, talking about how many penalties they're calling per game. I mean, can you see data playing a role in maybe officiating as, 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 a, as a whole or even, you know, at these higher levels like the NHL? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, tracking, tracking penalty calls and everybody's got a different viewpoint of the game at that moment, you know, where you're positioned, what you're seeing, where your attention's at. So it's, it's trickier than, uh, than maybe some of the player metrics. But if you see, you know, guys that have a huge deviation uh, on certain types of calls or uh, the amount of calls that they make, you know, if, if I've got one guy and I'm tracking him over time and he's consistently calling you know, twice the average in penalties and I have guys that are way below the line, you know, maybe we need to revisit the standard there and figure out, you know, this guy calls a lot of trips. This guy calls a lot of slashing penalties. What's he looking for in a slash that this other guy is not looking for? Um, so I think as far as consistency, it's a huge opportunity for the league to look at their officials' data, find out who's calling what and when. You know, what are their tendencies to call and and why? Is it is it that this guy has a different standard than another guy for slashing? And you know, do we need to revisit it? And that's something as far as revisiting calls that I know the league does from sending out emails of video clips and just trying to remind the officials of the standard and, you know, what should and shouldn't be a penalty that goes on all the time, but to have the data to show which guys fall on which side of that call, um, you know, I think that's a huge help for the league. Um, it's not public, but I know a lot of what the league does behind the scenes from a tech standpoint is great for their officials. They're, they're working hard despite what many fans think on trying to improve the consistency and make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, so, with their efforts and, and with what they're doing, educate the officials and make sure they're all making the same calls. I think that data to show them who is, who isn't, and who's, who's just different from the norm, uh, I think that goes a long way towards what they can focus on from educational opportunities. Just, uh, you know, it's interesting for fans, and it's, it's a great tool for the league. Yeah, I'm really curious, as, as, as you look at sort of this data as, as a whole, have you been able to draw out certain conclusions and I guess this might be a little bit presumptive but like for example when you see a, maybe a new official come in the league do you see any maybe uh, deviations from that data where they're higher or lower than, than the standard rate or has there been any conclusions that you've been able to bring out from from the data? You know it's uh, it varies from from guy to guy we typically see that the new officials end up with uh, you know higher penalty calls than, than others um, it's they've they've also got a smaller sample size, so one big game can really, um, you know, blow them out of proportion. But typically, the new guys call more penalties. Um, you know, we have some of the veterans, some of the, the the better officials are the ones that constantly come in as top officials in the league and various player surveys and and polls uh, that call fewer penalties. Uh, it's it's really tough because when you look at a game that's called fairly, it's not necessarily that they call more or they call fewer penalties. Um, or even that they call it evenly. Uh, it's just a matter of, of how they work it. You know, we have some guys who call, maybe you'll see two guys go off with matching minors where another guy would have just given them a warning and, and sent them off. So here's a ref who just earned four minutes in penalty calls and the other guy didn't pick up any, but it's just different styles that they have. Um, 
that, that seem to hold over time. Uh, even looking at guys, you know, we tracked penalty minutes by ref or um, penalties or even power plays, and you'll see there are, there are definitely some officials that have a tendency to call more matching minors. You know, they, they, their power play numbers aren't as high, but their penalty minutes are higher, and that, that shows me that they're sending off both guys. So you've got a guy who does that, or maybe you have a guy like, uh, like a Wes McCauley who's not sending off matching minors. He's giving the guys a warning, and he's only going to call it when one guy needs to go. You know, if there's no advantage, if nobody's really taking advantage of the situation, he's not going to call matching minors. He's going to let them play on until there's a situation where one guy needs to get penalized. Um, that's an example. I know Wes is usually on the lower numbers, but, um, you know, those, those kinds of things are, are the interesting parts that you can kind of glean from some of the data. And one topic that'd be a very hot topic, and I'm sure that you get asked this, is, is does that data change from the regular season to the playoffs? I mean, it's always that opinion that officiating changes comes playoff time, but for you, have you been able to see whether that's, that, that holds true? You know, it, it's, it's really funny. Um, because it's always that they pocket the whistles in the playoffs, um, and they really don't. <laughs> um, it's a different environment. You've got teams that are, you know, there's more at stake in the playoffs. Um, there's less room for, you know, we, we've seen the, the whole goons and fighting thing drop uh, pretty significantly, but there's a lot less room for that, and there always has been in the playoffs, you know, where every goal counts, every shift counts. So the teams are a little more restrained. Uh, except in blowout games when they can rack up penalty minutes at the end of the game and send a message for uh, you know the next game in the series. But overall, when we look at it, 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 it drops a little bit. Uh, in the later rounds, for sure it does, uh, when you get to the conference final and the Stanley Cup final. But I don't know how much of that is a function of the officials as much as it is the, uh, you know, the teams really trying to stay out of the penalty boxes. Um, but we, we do see that the penalty calls are still up in the playoffs. I think during the first round last year, I think they were actually higher than we'd seen in the regular season. Um, it's just a different situation. You know, playoff hockey is a different world than, uh, than regular season hockey. As far as how the teams approach it, you know, you're, you're playing the same guy a bunch of games in a row. Uh, you can't afford to make a bad play or, or lose, uh, you know, a guy to the box for two or four minutes. So it's a uh, it's a different world that the teams are in, and and I think you know to a certain extent the officials just want to keep it fair. Uh, they want to make sure that nobody's getting a, an advantage on the ice, that nobody's taking uh, taking liberties, and uh, you know they know that these two teams are going to get seven games to to battle it back and forth, and and they more more than sending guys to the box, they just want to make sure that it's a fair game, and that they're uh, they're calling it equitably. Uh, you know we've got series supervisors that ride the series, so while the officials rotate in and out, the supervisors the same. And they're giving heads up on, on which situations blew up in game one. Uh, they're giving feedback to the, the officials for the night's game on how things are going. So they're pretty well coached from a series standpoint for the officials. Um, it's just, uh, you know, you're under a microscope then. And I think everybody figures that every call is, uh, is tougher in the playoffs, but we get a lot of non-calls in the regular season too. So from a statistical standpoint, it's, it's not as much as everybody seems to think um, until we get to like the conference finals or the cup finals when uh, you know you've got two teams that they're not worried about penalties, they just want to score goals, and uh, you know you'll see some of the nonsense penalties drop significantly, and the ones that will stick around will be the uh, the interference ones. You know, somebody gets caught, and you're going to get a hook or interference call, something like that. But uh, you know, most of the the nonsense ones really go away in the later rounds. And I think Josh, that's an amazing perspective because <laughs> I think it's it's been the age old debate: does uh, does officiating change in the playoffs and 
you know, we don't have to leave that up to personal opinion. Now you can back that up with some data. So that I think that that's pretty cool in and of itself. Uh, one thing I wanted to shift to, I mean, for you and Scouting the Refs and you guys, you know, have grown incredibly. I mean, for you, is there any big projects that you have coming up that you, you know, are, are on your radar to, to, to move forward for Scouting the Refs? I think, uh, you know, we've, we've tried to keep up with uh, NHL stats, always looking to see what we can do there. Uh, recently, uh, have been working with the ECHL and, and expanded to have some uh, some basic stats tracked for their officials as well. So we've got the refs up with some uh, some numbers on penalty calls, game counts, things like that. Uh, AHL will be next for us to uh, you know to roll out the same thing there. So just keeping track track of how many games everybody's worked and you know, what kinds of calls they make, how many calls. So getting that for the AHL, ECHL, and and NHL is uh, is something that's a, a big priority for us. And then just continuing to grow um, and and work out those relationships, you know, with the, with other hockey organizations and finding ways that we can help support the officiating community, uh, you know, just to, uh, to be there, you know, we know from a, from a stats and an information standpoint, it's good. And, and just whatever else we can do to help give back, provide support. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the stats are, are where we started. And if we can do that for the, the three North American pro leagues, um, I'm, I'm happy to tackle that next and, and see what we can work on from there. Yeah, and uh, Josh, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly we appreciate your time. And for those listening, uh, Josh is actually bad and cold right now, so we appreciate you taking the time to <laughs> chat. Um, you know, it's like the, uh, what is it, the U.S. Post, uh, post Office motto, uh, snow, sleet, rain, or whatever. Josh, you're, you're the same way. You're coming on our podcast, and even though you're battling a cold. So thank you. And the way we usually like to end off these podcasts is by, you know, sending a little bit of advice to officials out there. And obviously – you come from from sort of the media standpoint, and I'm just curious if you might have uh, any advice for for officials out there based on your years of experience in in the field here. Hey, you know, I I think uh, I, I think the number one thing, and, and most guys know, is you want to be confident in your calls. And while you don't have to explain it, and you don't have the media pounding down your door, um, you know, it's it's always good to keep that in mind that uh, that that you want to know, you know. This is why I made the call. This is a good call, and and I believe in the calls that I'm making. Um, you know, and go into it uh, fully understanding what you're doing, uh, because there is somebody out there who's who's looking to ask the questions. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to, to wrap it up, Josh. And and thank you very much again for your time. And uh, for those out there listening, and you, I'm sure everybody out there already follows Scouting the Rest. Make sure you give them a follow and uh, keep up to date with what they're doing. But again, Josh, thank you very much for your time, and uh, best of luck down the road. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brandon. I appreciate it.